Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Bayer, and I will be your host. Today's guest is Steve Marmorella. He is the founder of Tech Group, and we are going to be talking about a subject I have been sharing and doing presentations on for at least the past 10 years, and that topic is online newsrooms. Not just online newsrooms when it comes to news sites, but an online newsroom for a brand's website. That means it's the hub for your press releases, for your social media, for your media coverage, and for your own blog articles. Steve and I have shared multiple panels over the past few years talking about all of the main ingredients that every website should have when it comes to having an online newsroom. I would go as far as to say if you had to pick one section of a website, it would be a news section. Why? Listen up to this episode and see why Steve and I love the news section of every website. We're sharing all of our favorite social PR secrets. Enjoy. So you are seeing it first here, and I have um, a great guest that we've known for, I'm going to say more than 10 years. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We've um, been on the forefront together of um, advocating online newsrooms and brand journalism for 10 plus years. So Steve, thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing the latest and greatest of um, what it means to be a brand journalist, what the latest and greatest, especially in these um, like very uncertain times, whenever you might be listening to this, yeah, we're probably gonna be, still be going through a, a transition. So Steve, welcome. Tell us a little bit about your background and about Tech Group. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I was I was digging through my files and I found a presentation that you and I did from 2013. Okay. <laughs> um, with, PR, with PRSA. So definitely uh, we've known each other for a long time. And as you mentioned, I'm the founder and owner of Tech Group and we've been building online newsrooms now for 22 years. And so it's just been amazing to see the transition from something like a press release warehouse with very little graphics and targeted to 100% journalists and we've really now shifted all the way to you know all sorts of content not press releases features stories videos photos um all sorts of content and the target has really changed so we're not we used to be 100% focused on journalists now we're about 80% of our traffic is is a consumer a news consumer and about 20% of the traffic is coming from journalists. So just a huge shift that we've seen. And, and as you mentioned, you know, during a crisis, which obviously we've never seen a, a crisis like this, but um, you know, during a crisis, having an area of your website or an online newsroom that is able to be enacted very quickly is, is so important. And, and companies, you know, all of our clients, as, as well as anyone that has a newsroom, you know, probably is doing something in that regard right now. Yeah, so when I was actually writing um, the caption for the description for our interview today, um, you know, I, I just realized that so online newsrooms, you know, that's kind of a generic term. We kind of we know what that means to us, but you know, maybe for digital marketers, brands, um, public relations professionals that are just coming onto the scene, why don't we break down exactly what we're defining defining as an online newsroom? exactly um as it relates to a brand's website sure this is like an online newsroom like the new york times or you know a traditional publisher 
Absolutely. I mean, just to give you some history on that, when we were at Ford Motor Company in 1998 and we were watching uh, all of their people update their website using you know, old text languages, something called Perl, something before even HTML, and just really doing it and they were mailing and FedExing uh, photos and slides and just all this postage and, and they called it the newsroom. And it was the Ford newsroom and there was 20 people sitting there literally with scissors cutting out newspapers to make clipbooks. And, and we came there and we said, we need to put this online. We need to put all of your communications online. So where it's what we now call a central communications hub. So it's not just press releases, it's any type of communication, whether it might be internal or employee focused, or it might be vendors or to your sales or to your investors. So really an online newsroom is a central communication center for all content, social media, uh, investor relations, community relations, government relations, crisis, obviously press releases, press kits. So we've really just found that if you have one place that you ask everyone that's part of your communications team to contribute their content to that one spot, it's just uh, there both for you internally and for external viewer, the, the journalist or that news consumer or the investor, having everything in one place. And so, you know, certainly companies have a news section of their website, but our philosophy is you should really have something that's completely standalone, completely separate, separate, completely separate from your infrastructure of your corporate site. So that if there is an emergency, you can still have communications uh, with your, with your publics. So it, I guess it could be twofold. It could be um, look, looking something like, um, you know, the biogroup.com slash news, and that URL would be the hub of all of the communications, whether it's uh, the hub of social media, the hub of press releases, the hub of featured media, or you're saying a separate domain that would look like what? That would be news dot is what we, what the way I try to explain this to people is when someone goes to Google, what are they going to type in? They're probably going to type in Toyota news, Sprint news, Walgreens news. So having your URL be news.walgreens.com or news.sprint.com or walgreens.com slash news, pretty much the same thing. Just having that word news in that top level domain is really the key for obviously for SEO, just for ease of, of use. Um, most people are coming to your site through a link or through an email or through something they've read. They're not necessarily just typing it in, but we found over the past 20 years, having that word news and not media or press, you know, it used to be press room or media room. That's really, that's really gone away. Now it's, it's news. I mean, it's news. Just news, not even newsroom. Like for the actual, like when you're on your website, like part of the navigation, not the URL. Yes, I would say news. I mean, you can, there's a, there's a whole bunch of different philosophies on that. Some people have created their own special thing, like Coca-Cola's newsroom is actually called The Journey. Uh, AbbVie has a newsroom called Stories with AbbVie. So you could actually brand your newsroom. But I think in terms of navigation and URL, I think people are typing in news to Google more than newsroom. And so when you're on the homepage, what do you recommend as far as the placement of the, the link to news? Where do you sure. find that? I, I think it's a primary navigation item. Um, over the years, we've seen it from not being there at all 
to then it used to be under the about us and you would see something called news. Now I think you're seeing most people have it as a primary navigation item. Obviously at the top, if not at the bottom, uh, some clients like Prudential, uh, Cigna, some of these bigger companies, they used to have it. You'd scroll all the way down to the bottom and it would say newsroom. Now it's it's one of their primary navigation items. I think it's important enough that it's it's one of the top things that uh, that your company does, your voice, your what you're speaking, how you're talking and communicating is important. And so um, I think it deserves top level. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, my opinion is it should be in the top navigation, you know, above the fold versus below the fold because just, you know, people, isn't that the most visited um, piece of a, a website? It can be. I mean, it, it depends. A lot of a lot of our clients do their, if you're a retail company, maybe your store, you know, your .com where you're selling product or just kind of your marketing and, and product material pages are popular. But for most companies, the news is, is top, or at least in the top three. Most visited, yeah. So I know that you do a report, uh, a survey every year. I cover it every year in one of my articles or publications. So um, the most recent one that you did, what are some tips? I mean, obviously things change, have changed in the past week or two that maybe you want to add to, but what are some of the, what are journalists saying that they really want to see? And what are some, some takeaways that we can, actual takeaways that a brand any size could implement right away? Right. And I think you hit something really on the head there is the size of the company. One of the questions that we ask every year is, as a journalist, do you only visit big companies or do you also visit small companies' newsrooms? And I think the number this year is 87% said they visit both. So a lot of times when we're talking to smaller companies, they say, oh, you know, we're not Sprint, we're not Toyota, no one's going to look at our news. But really, I think it's the opposite. I think people will find your news. If you have a really good looking newsroom, it kind of levels the playing field. And so um, journalists are looking for fresh content. They're looking for updated content. It doesn't necessarily have to be from a big name. So the, some of the takeaways this year, uh, as I mentioned, fresh and, and updated content, that was one of the big ones. Another really big one that we talk about is search. 99% uh, of journalists say that on a newsroom, they wanna see search. And the reason is because not everyone's looking for breaking news. It's not just press releases in reverse chronological order, you know, what's hot. There's a lot of people, especially today, that are doing research. So they want to come to your site and be able to do a nice search over a date range, uh, over a topic range. You know, they want to search by video or by photos. So having a really nice search tool built into your newsroom is, is really important. Um, obviously, we're moving more towards video. We ask questions about video included in news releases and images including in news releases. And I think PR Newswire's decision has done a similar study where the results are just amazing. The more video you have, the more imagery you have on your newsroom, in your website, as part of your press releases, not only the more views do you get, but the more people share it. So you get that kind of extended social media sharing uh, distribution just because you included a video or an image. And so those are things that journalists are looking for. Number one every year is contact information. People always want to know uh, where they can contact you with a phone or an email or LinkedIn or something. So we always ask our clients, you know, it's sometimes it's tough to put your phone number out there if you're a, if you're a PR practitioner at a big company, but certainly making yourself available um, is, is really what journalists and, and 
really what they're looking for in case they're on a deadline, in case they need to talk to someone right away. Yeah, and one thing that we've done and um, I've seen work really well is if you don't want to put your, you know, one thing, um, you know, most companies really don't have, you know, landlines and like extensions and, you know, that's like not really as relevant today. It's more like right. people are communicating via mobile more than anything, even if they do have a whole landline system and, you know, extensions. But what we're seeing is maybe um, a secondary number for the media contact, the PR person, that's the main, that would be maybe a Google voice number that like goes straight to their email that can like notify them right away. We're also seeing um, a way that using Messenger um, to notify the, um, you know, whoever is the primary contact, um, Facebook Messenger or some sort of SMS um, that's attached to just the page, just the, the newsroom page. Are you seeing anything like that working really well? Yeah, I think so. I think mess uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, LinkedIn, I've been using LinkedIn a lot more lately. Um, messaging is, is a big part of something that we're adding to our, to our platform as well. Um, definitely, definitely I see that. Um, also, I think you had a great point. You don't want to put your personal phone number on there. So an 800 number is a great idea. Also, a lot of clients do, you know, media at companyname.com or PR at companyname.com. That's the email. The key is that when someone does send an email, that someone team responds in a right. kind of a timely fashion. But certainly you don't want to put your personal phone number and email out there. But then, like you said, there's ways to do call forwarding and email forwarding aliases and things like that. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, fast forward to today and, you know, we're in this pandemic situation and I know that we're talking about doing, um, I'm participating in a summit with you that is going to take place. Um, do we know the date yet or? It's going to be next week. Uh, we're still trying to finalize everything, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting. I've, I've reached out over the weekend to about people just 50 people that I picked. You were obviously one of those 50 people that I had reached out to. And I think as of this morning, I had 37 people committed. So it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And I'm trying to just interview everyone similar to what you're doing. And then I'm just going to put together a huge, a huge uh, webinar with all sorts of things. So I will be in touch with you. Absolutely. Very happy that you decided to join me with this. Yes, definitely. And as soon as we know the dates, you know, if, um, we'll, we'll promote them through, through our channels. And if you're listening to this and it's, it's past um, the date, then I'm sure you could go back and, and look at the replay and we'll post things underneath this, um, under this post as well and, and give updates. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just, um, just to be timely now. Um, so, you know, maybe what are some things that, you know, companies need to be doing right away from a brand journalism standpoint, um, for example, you know, paying attention to what content they have scheduled to, you know, what are some like takeaways that are relevant to today? Right. Great, great question. And we're going to be talking about all this. A couple of things. First and foremost, anyone that uses automated scheduling for social, I personally do that with something called Hootsuite, where we create a message for the month and we just go out and kind of schedule it. Uh, so we've gone back now and really trimmed those down and haven't gone completely silent, but certainly we don't want to be, you know, sending out some sort of automated message when the timing's bad. So that's one thing to think about. Anything you have automated scheduled emails that go out or social posts that go out, you might want to take a look at those and either pause them or delete them or reschedule them to the future or something so that you just don't look like, uh, an idiot at the, at the wrong time. Uh, the other thing I think that I'm learning with this is to communicate. Uh, don't go silent. Obviously, you don't want to be in complete sales mode and marketing mode, but 
offer help. That's what I'm trying to do with this webinar. I'm not trying to pitch anyone or sell anyone on a newsroom. I've got my competitors uh, with me on this webinar. So just try to help people and, you know, don't go silent to where either your employees or your customers, you know, just think you're just non-existent. So you've obviously seen a ton of emails from every company that you've ever done business with saying, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're responding. And I think that's the, the right answer. Obviously on your website or your newsroom, being able to have something. I, I pulled up some uh, screens here and um, I can either try to share my screen, but just someone like Walgreens is a great example, just constantly updating their newsroom with when their pharmacies are open, what kind of issues they're having there, where you can get your, uh, your you know, your pharmaceuticals. Uh, other examples, Vail Resorts and MGM Resorts, both our clients completely, so Vail Resorts completely shut down, MGM Resorts completely shut down. However, they're working from home and they're still using their newsroom to update, although you know, not a lot. They're just kind of keeping everyone informed and, and letting people know what, what the company is doing. So oh, there's a lot of companies like MGM, Disney, um, a lot of these travel and tourism, hospitality yes. brands that are, you know, basically shut down. Um, what kind of social content are you seeing or do you recommend if you, if you have a recommendation that, you know, we were, I was just talking to my team today and we're fortunate we don't have clients that are actually shut down, but um, we also want to be sensitive to, you know, the ones that are, and we're just trying to kind of, you know, be more in like a neutral, mindful state of mind. Sure. Content. Sure. I, I think the only word that I think about is help. Whatever mm -hmm. you can do from your perspective to try to help people, try to help other practitioners, try to help your clients, maybe try to help people that you were trying to get as clients and, and offer any sort of service that you can. You know, I've, I'm reading so much as I'm getting ready to do this webinar, I'm, I'm reading a lot and this is not my area of expertise. I need as much help as probably anyone. And so that's why I'm doing this, but I definitely see that, you, you know, you definitely cannot be pushing and marketing and selling to people during this time, obviously. But at the same time, I think going completely dark and completely silent, is also not the answer. So yeah, you, somewhere in between. Yeah, somewhere in between, and and with a good heart, you know, trying to just yeah. to help people. Yeah. So um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, in general, and like specific to these times, but in general, when it comes to um, online newsrooms for a brand, for a brand to have a news section, um, we work with several ecom clients, and and it looks like typically like e-com clients, e-com sites are not as apt to have a newsroom or, you know, an article section as other types of categories of brands. And so I just want to get your take. I mean, my take is I feel like it's a way to create like very rich SEO content. Um, but if you're talking to an e-com site, um, let's just say health and beauty, you know, selling health and beauty products, you know, what are, what are some of your ideas or what's your take on on having a newsroom for e-com sites i mean i can't i we've worked with a couple and it's amazing it's amazing because all of your products tell stories all of everything you're doing as an e-com company is telling a story so you can have news about your platform and how great your you know your it department is you can have stories all about how people are using your product so i really think it cuts across any any type of company whether you're 
a retail brick and mortar or or an online an e-commerce uh, we have several clients that that have newsrooms that are kind of online um, and offline and and so i think you know there's tons of content there if you have a lot of products and you have a lot of customers so uh to me i can find uh, a reason to have a newsroom for for any company yeah i would be interested if you have any um good examples of you know not now but maybe you can just share them and i'll share them in the links just um different e-com maybe in the health and beauty section um category that that has um, good examples of, of newsrooms that they're developing rich content that's helpful content, educational content, and not necessarily, you know, not every page is a, a sales page. Right, right. No, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you're one of our clients, uh, Perfectly Posh. I don't know if that's necessarily health and beauty. Uh, we've worked with, with a couple companies and I can certainly send you links, but, you know, obviously having a news area on your e-commerce site is going to detract, I guess, from people buying. So that is one where, you know, if you have a really nice looking online store, maybe news is at the bottom or maybe it's in the about section because you don't want to see, you know, t-shirts, health products, and the news uh, as your, as your primary navigation, but it should be there. And I think you, you again, hit it on the head with SEO. So if you can just get, tons of news stories out there with your product names in them and as and the headlines and, you know, on those blog posts or on those news stories, if you can get that, that information shared, it's ultimately just going to help drive sales to products. Definitely. Um, and then what I just, you, you touched, I wanted to talk about SEO real quick and then also social media. So just from an SEO perspective, you know, what are some of the, the benefits of having a newsroom on your website? Right. We, we get this question all the time. People think that it, that it's worse because it's a different site, but, but it's not, it's, it's having a separate site actually. And we're even advising our clients now to create a whole separate URL. Uh, Brookdale living is a, is a great example where they created a website called brookdalenews.com completely separate. Doesn't use their same URL. It's just a, a completely isolated website. And what that does is it allows you to then create content on that site and then point back and link into your corporate site. So you're kind of cross-linking between these two entities and, and that ultimately helps SEO. Also just the amount of content. One of the big things with Google and their search uh, algorithms is, is freshness and the amount of content. You'll see so many kind of websites or .com sites that have the same thing on the homepage. Every day you go there, it's their, you know, it's their homepage. Um, where the newsroom, you're able to really put a lot of content out every day. Your site can look totally different. It can have different stories, different videos, different highlights. So as the Google engines and, and spiders are coming by to scrape the site, you're seeing fresh content and new content. And so uh, SEO also from a technical standpoint, there's, we have a, a checklist of 50 items that we kind of bake into our software, everything from making sure you're, images have all image tags and making sure you're using H1 and making sure your keyword density, all that stuff for us has kind of been um, automated and, and put into the, the templates that we create for our customers so that, you know, everything is, is optimized. And so I, I really think a newsroom can give you a leg up because it just gives you a completely separate voice and a separate platform that uh, you can start to grow and, and build your, your SEO with that's separate from your corporate site. You can take advantage of links from your corporate site. You can link to your corporate site, 
but ultimately it's from what we've seen it's it's nice to have kind of this separate entity totally and so brands all do it different some don't do it at all but what is your take on um if you have a blog is the blog part of the newsroom part of the news section we think so we do we think so we think it's a form of communication it's more personal it's also kind of more of a featured story instead of a press release so we think it's just another section of your newsroom that that obviously it's opened up uh, so it's not just the PR agency or it's not just the PR practitioner who's actually contributing content now it might be someone in the HR department it might be the CIO's blog or it might be the CTO's blog and so that's just providing more content to the newsroom centralizing it um, and so we really feel that Having a, having a blog component as part of the newsroom is is critical and gives a voice to other people in your on your team that you know aren't part of your communications team but they're still part of your company. Yeah, and I think that um, brands and people get tripped up on the word news and they're just like you know we don't have any news right now you know everything's terrible right now or things aren't selling we don't have a new product to announce and so i think that broadening that you know news into articles and featured stories and um you know maybe repurposing um past media coverage are all ways that you know would fall under the, the broad category of news but it doesn't necessarily have to be breaking news right absolutely absolutely i mean breaking news is part of it yeah but i one of the things that I do that I've considered myself pretty good at is I can walk into a meeting with a company that I've never heard of. I can sit there on my computer and pull up their website and I can come up with a structure to create a hundred pieces of content just from looking at their site from nothing new from everything they have just from repurposing things and, and taking research reports and breaking those down and taking videos and breaking those down. So you, everyone has news. Everyone has something going on every single day, whether it's internal with their teams, their, maybe their uh, HR team is doing something new with, with Zoom, or maybe their IT department has just launched a new internal cybersecurity system. You know, all these things are news stories for a company. And then the other one is external. So, I mean, if, you, if you're a company and you're selling services and products, there's news right there. Any customer that's using your product in any way, any client that's using your service in any way, anything your vendors might be doing, your partners, uh, there's so many ways to create to create news. Let's talk about social. Um, so how does this work into the whole social media strategy and what are some tips that you can, you know, how does, how does your newsroom, you know, then like expand out to social content and do you keep all your social channel streams within the newsroom? Is that your recommendation? Mm -hmm. We have, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean, social media is a funny one. It, it, you know, really kind of hit the scene. I would say what, seven years ago, eight years ago, we kind of jumped on it pretty quickly with what we call embeds. So with our newsroom, you can embed your LinkedIn channel, your Facebook channel, your Instagram and Twitter, all those into what we call a social wall. So it's really just a module in the newsroom that has all of your social media in one spot. Now, as a practitioner, you're probably not using your newsroom to post social content in that way. So what we've also done is on the back end, on the administrative dashboard, we've made it so that as you're uploading a piece of content, you click a couple check boxes and it sends it out. And the, no, those are pretty basic items integrating the newsroom on the front end and the back end with social but what we've really found has been interesting and prudential is a great example is 
<clears throat> our clients have started creating a, a news Twitter account. So Prudential News or Ford News or MGM Resorts News. And it's all it is is just a distribution channel. They don't really engage. They don't really do any sort of necessarily uh, what you would consider traditional social as far as engaging and going back and forth. They purely use it as just a distribution channel. Anything from the newsroom that gets published automatically goes out to that Twitter account and they've grown it, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. Now it's become a legitimate distribution channel. And so we see social as different, I think, than, than you're supposed to use it. You know, we see it as a way to push news out onto these channels, to push videos out onto channels, to create cool graphics that can be shared on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook from your news content. Um, and then also on the monitoring side is a big one. So we've integrated the ability, obviously, something like a Hootsuite or a TalkWalker where you can track what is being said about your brand and then leverage that content into the newsroom to create a post or uh, something like that. So. It's all integrated throughout the newsroom, um, especially Twitter. We've really yeah. seen Twitter as a way to distribute content. We, I, I call social media the my you know my newsroom's distribution. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like social newswire. We speak the same language, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. So um, since you're on the subject of Twitter, so I just wanted to um, get your take on this. So I'm right there with you with like. You know, if it makes sense to create the 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 brand another channel for um, the brand's news on Twitter. So, what we're seeing with journalists, and I'm just wondering in your surveys if you're getting any feel for this. So, journalists are, you know, not some of them aren't active, like they're not posting, but are they using Twitter just for monitoring and 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 kind of you know following the brands or watching for for news opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do that. I, I think the rule of thumb that I've seen is, is out of every 10 people, one person is going to post and nine people are going to read. So a lot of people are listening and monitoring social media without ever necessarily posting, especially a journalist. I mean, journalists that I've talked with, and again, in this webinar that I'm going to do, I have three or four and, and I'll make sure to ask them, but you know, they're following hashtags on Twitter and, they're setting up RSS feeds from different Twitter accounts so that they get just immediately updated with content. That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to respond and like it or share it or retweet it. They just, they're just looking for it and they're going to use it as a story. So we've, we've seen a lot of journalists subscribe to the Twitter news channels, uh, just getting, getting our clients content. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So, Thank you so much for your time. I don't want to take sure. up too much more, but um, I want you to talk about Tech Group and what you have to offer. And if you could also talk about, like, let's say somebody's not ready for what you're offering and they're just starting out a smaller brand, maybe something they can do on their own. Right. Yeah, I mean, Tech Group has been an incredible company. I mean, like I mentioned, we've been doing it for 22 years now. We were one of the first companies doing online newsrooms. I think I have about 29 competitors now. So I think we obviously did something right and kind of, pushing and creating this industry, um, it doesn't matter if you're using Tech Group or not. I, I think a newsroom is important. Um, we, we have a lot of clients. We've worked with many people, and so we're, we're very experienced. But I am certainly have been on the phone with many, many companies where our solution just doesn't work. It's just, it's just not appropriate. If you're a small organization, if you're not really 
I would say if you're not dedicated to putting out something maybe once a day or at least three, four times a week in terms of something, a video, a photo, something, um, I would use something like WordPress. Uh, to me, that's, you know, it's a competitor of ours, which is, which is crazy, but uh, WordPress is a, is a great free tool to create something. Um, another thing is I would recommend is create a relationship with your IT department. A lot of times the PR and the IT departments are kind of at odds with each other or they don't really see what each other does necessarily um, in terms of importance. But if you have a good relationship with your IT department, you can just have them create a little area on the on your existing corporate site using their content management tools and just kind of build some trust there. You know, sometimes that works, just having a really nice news area on your corporate site, um, if, especially if you're a small company. Um, I, I would recommend that. But I, I think it's important. I mean, I think when people are moving to more of this brand journalism approach and less away from you know press releases. So that's even more of an opportunity because now you have just a huge audience, a much wider audience that you can bring and attract to your site. Okay, I just thought of two more questions. So okay, okay. so one, <laughs> um, I just made me think of so so you're if, whether we're using Tech Group or any doing it ourselves, top of fold of your news section of your site. What are some of the elements that should be top of fold? <clears throat> Navigation. I think a link to a search. I think a link to sign up for email. So two little kind of calls to action buttons there. One to go to a search. One to be able to sign up for an email uh, alert. As far as content, in the past, about three years ago, everyone went to those huge hero images, the big scroller slider images. That's kind of going away now. And I think a lot of more people are putting more content above the fold. You'd be surprised how many newsrooms I see where I pull it up on my screen and my screen is big. I mean, it's, a, it's two feet by one foot big and I'll pull up someone's newsroom and on before I scroll, there's nowhere for me to click. It's a huge image, some text, and there's nothing for me to do. I have, I have nowhere to click. It looks good, but I have to scroll down, you know, to do anything. So on your cell phone, imagine mobile phone, you know, I mean, imagine yeah. how that is. So I think above the fold should be navigation, search, email. Then I think you have to have a featured story. I think you have to have a, a story that you're promoting today or today and tomorrow. And then the next time I come, it's a different story. And so whether you're rotating those or highlighting those, I think that featured story needs to be really front and center and it can't be the same every day or you know every week. Um, I also think video and photos, if you can somehow get some sort of photo gallery or video of the week or photo of the month or something like that, that just gives some, some pizzazz to the site in terms of design and, and having, having it look nice. Um, I think that's important as well. So. Featured stories, multimedia, search, email alerts. Okay. okay, great. And then what's your take on, um, you know, so one of our recommendations to all of our clients is that we do one paid press release a month on something that's the most newsworthy. We use e-releases. Um, do you have a recommendation on whether to post first that press release or a version of it on your on the brand newsroom and then do the paid or vice versa. Like there's different schools of thought here. So I'm just curious yours. Right. I mean, I don't believe in, in paid releases and, and here's the main reason. One of the biggest things that Google will tell you is that duplicate content, duplicate content is bad. So if you have a press release on your newsroom and then you go give it to 
a wire and it goes out on the wire and someone takes that exact same press release and puts it on their site, now you have two pieces of content. And I know there's some things you can do with the, the Canon tag to make it so that you're the legitimate source, but still, we feel that when someone should read your news about you that you've written, it should be on your site. And so I, I just I just really talk and I'm very I'm I'm probably in the minority, but I just do not believe in, in paying money for a news release distribution. If you start today collecting emails and making relationships with journalists, uh, two years from now, you will have the same list that you're paying for. And so that's just, you know, that's my philosophy. Of course, I'm biased. That's my, my company. But I've never been a fan of spending $700 for a press release. And I know you were talking, you know, a little smaller. And maybe you do get some traffic from that. I haven't done it at the small end. But I know someone like Motorola, for example, used to spend, I think, $14,000 every quarter to put out their earnings. Yeah. So $56,000 a year. And they're doing all the work. They're creating the charts and the graphs. And so... You know, companies like Coca-Cola, Netflix, Pepsi, uh, Expedia, they've all just not, they don't use the wire at all for their IR stuff. And they, and they really just kind of create everything and put it on their site. And that's, I that's think, yeah, I, I can see that totally. If you're a big brand, I think for the smaller brands and small to medium sized brands, I mean, you know, I see it firsthand, the advantage of using a paid distribution yeah. selectively. Um, and the reason for it is the one that, that I prefer is called e-releases mm -hmm. and their um, distribution goes out to Google News and then it also re reaches um, journalists who subscribe to the category of news. So if right. you're just, I mean, we work with a lot of startups and a lot of, you know, like I don't have like a Coca-Cola, but right. um, we definitely see the advantage of getting that getting into Google News, journalists are finding yeah. us in Google News from the Google Alerts, from the keywords and optimized press releases. Um, so uh, this is just what we do is we do uh, a, a version, like two different versions. We'll do a version on paid, that's the short version. And then we'll do like the longer version on the newsroom and link to that. So if they want more information. So that's just our yes. process, but I was Absolutely. just- And we would call that an, uh, an advisory release. So that's a lot of what our clients do. They'll they'll post a short 200 word press release on a wire with a link back to their newsroom for the full report or the full, you know. And change full. it slightly, you know, so that it's Definitely not the exact headline, it's gonna be a different image. Um, you know, that's that, that's one of the ways that we do it. So it's not falling sure. out of duplicate content so much. Yes, or exactly. if we do, it'll go, you know, depending on the, the brand, you know, whichever one makes sense to post it first. Right. And, I, and I think for small companies, it works. And, and I think you said it, Google News. If you're a small company and you can show up on Google News, that's that's pretty nice. And if you can get a list of targeted journalists included in that e-release, I, I agree. If you're a, you know, if you're a company also, like you said, once a month, once a month, totally. But in between those once a month, they should be posting tons of content. Totally. Yeah, we've seen our clients, um, you know, when they're now we're posting, let's just say once a week on their news newsroom or you know news slash blog, their organic uh, traffic right. is definitely improving and increasing, and you know making sure everything's optimized. Definitely, no. That's I think it's it. You can see the results. That's the thing with today with Google Analytics and you know measurement tools. It's pretty easy to see yeah. what you're doing working or not. Yes, totally, totally. All right, well, Steve, thank you so much. So um, techgroup.com? Yes, techgroup.com. Okay, and we'll put it underneath the link of this live. And then if you're 
listening to the podcast, it'll be in the show notes and watch for this event that we're going to be participating in next week. That's going to be a whole lineup talking about everything you need to know about what's happening in PR crisis communication and the do's and don'ts, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm just trying to help practitioners that don't have kind of maybe the experience that, that you and I do. And, and there's a lot of them out there that I've talked to that they've never been anything like this and, and they just don't know necessarily how to communicate, uh, you know, and, and so we're giving tips, strategies, examples, and just thought leaders, just sharing it, what, whatever they can. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Steve. Be well during right. the time and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Thank, take okay. care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.